right. Hello and welcome to RazorPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. Tonight is the 2nd of December, 2020. And usually at this time, we're doing our preview of championship game, championship Saturday in a normal year. But as we all know, this is not a normal year. And uh, we've got uh, two more wonderful weeks of the regular season for the Razorbacks. So we'll uh, dive right in. Uh, we do have a game to discuss. So uh, tonight's crew, uh, Johnny is on uh, assignment at Razorback basketball game. So we'll not be joining us. Uh, but we have Tom Logan. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Patrick. And uh, Jimmy G. Welcome, Jimmy G. Uh, thank you. And Patrick, it is championship Saturday, the battle line robbery. Uh, this is true. Uh, in uh, place of Johnny, Johnny Fayville tonight, uh, longtime listener and sometime co-host, uh, Friday Night Guys joining us. Welcome, FNG. Glad to be here. All-time substitute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that uh, like all-time QB? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching uh, all the way back in the memory banks, the uh, Hogs played LSU the week before Thanksgiving, lost uh, 27-24 in what I'll call a really weird game. And I felt like it was a game the Razorbacks could have win, could have won. Felt like we did have some momentum in the third quarter. The rains came down and Felipe Franks decided to call his own number about seven straight times, and I think fell down five of those seven times uh, inside the 10-yard line. So kind of a weird ending there. I thought maybe if we had been able to score when we had that big play and we got down inside the 10, that that maybe that game would have turned out differently. Uh, Tom, to you first. LSU reactions? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think you – I think you – captured my reaction you know I, mean, I wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the year that after the uh lsu game i would have been disappointed in a, in a close loss um but that's exactly how i felt after the lsu game i really thought going into the game that we were um we were playing better they had had a what three week layoff or something like that and um and, and it was disappointing in the sense that I thought that if our offense had gotten off to a hot, hot start there or even moved the ball a little bit, that we could have very easily taken the lead and a lead that we wouldn't surrender. Um, on a positive note, we once again came back in the second half, uh, battled to the lead, and just didn't have enough uh, to hold them off at the end. Um, some other, some more really poor officiating – um, Catalan getting tossed on the targeting was absurd. A lot of bad uh, replays. Um, but we had our chances and, frankly, probably should have won the game in the first quarter where LSU's offense was floundering. But that's the way it is. And, and again, if you look at a broader picture, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a remarkable that – we should be in a position where we thought that's a game we should win going in. Um, and unfortunately we didn't get it done. Jimmy G, uh, Mark Curls, welcome back to Fayetteville. So, uh, 
our long history with <laughs> that particular officiating crew. Um, once again, delivers a classic for the Razorbacks on the officiating front. <laughs> it's just, oh, it, yeah, Patrick, it was just unbelievable. Every time he'd go to the replay booth, uh, you're sitting there thinking, oh, there's no way. I mean, this this is pretty cut and dry. It's obvious. And then every time he'd come out in the exact call that you didn't think there's any way that he and the replay would come up with uh, was what they called. Um, now, certainly the the most obvious was the <clears throat> no clear recovery on the fumble. Um, it basically just cost field position because I believe uh, LSU turned the ball over later in that drive. Um, but – it was just – there were several other instances too. But, you know, as Tom said, we had chances to win that game, probably should have won it. So, I don't think the officiating cost us the game. It was just more just ineptitude. And the LSU had a couple of bad calls go against them too. So, um, as much as I like – and Curlis deserves all the criticism he gets. Um, it's – I mean, he shouldn't – he should not be an SEC official. Uh, but – you know, such as life and the SEC. And, um, but the biggest thing was our uh, inability, one, to get off the field. LSU seemed like they had the ball the whole game. And uh, part of that was due, obviously, um, you don't want to blame everything on uh, lack of depth. Arkansas has a lack of depth in the best of circumstances this year. But with the COVID issues and losing uh, six guys off our defensive line, uh, it really made it tough on us, and uh, LSU helped out some because they seemed to be uh, dead set a lot of the time on throwing passes all over the field instead of just pounding it down, you know, uh, our throat. But once they did that, and uh, you know, we were just worn out, and then offense couldn't get uh, the touchdown when they needed it, especially on that drive. And I, you alluded to it, Patrick, where <clears> – <throat> Frank slipped and fell on about the three-yard line. We had to settle for a field goal. Um, and then, of course, the last drive, <laughs> as soon as we had to try it out the field goal kicker, um, I mean, it could have been, uh, uh, you know, Justin Tucker the Ravens trotting out there. for a, He had a Razorback form on with no time to end the game. He was, that, that kick, no chance it was going to be good. So, uh, nothing against A.J. Reed. You just knew that wasn't the position you wanted to be in. Um, but Arkansas had chances. They played hard, as they always – as they've done in every game this year. Uh, gave themselves a chance in a game that they really were shorthanded and uh, just came up short. And LSU is – you know, if you saw them Saturday night against A&M, the offense very limited. But their defense has come a long way uh, from early in the season. And so – uh, no shame in putting up 24, but just a tough spot for the Hogs. It's a game you feel like you kind of let get away from you, but, um, you know, you really can't get too upset at the coaching staff or uh, the team for the, the effort they put forth. Uh, FNG now lets you kind of put the, the closer on the LSU game. You probably are going to have something to say both about the officiating and about uh, – just the the offense versus the defense and the time of possession. My question, and I do want you to address this, is do you think at this point in the season teams have seen enough tape on the Razorbacks to have that game plan? 
I mean, it was kind of the Tennessee first half game plan, run, run, run. Um, LSU just got impatient, I think, throughout the course of the game and, and didn't stick with it as much as they should have. Do you think that was a, that's a factor now as we go into this last part of the season? Well, it's funny because that was, if you all recall, the last time I was on, that was the conversation that we had following that game was, okay, is there a blueprint now for how you play the Razorbacks? And it's, if you're patient, you know, you can wear us down, you can get your chance and you can score. I have mixed feelings. I'm, you know, I'm not really ready to say that. Jimmy G took a lot of the comments that I had, but I mean, you know, you have to start off with the fact that we were depleted in defensive line, an area that we really can't stand to be. And in spite of that, we're still hanging tough. We're still giving, you know, we're giving ourselves a chance to win with some help from LSU. Same thing that Tom said. I, I don't get, you know, I don't get the quarterback. Uh, the one that upset me almost as much as the slipping and falling down in the end zone was whenever we had another chance. We had an opportunity to get momentum, held them, got the ball. Uh, I don't know, 30, our own 35 40. And the same thing. Franks runs the ball three straight times, and it's clear that isn't necessarily being called by the offensive coordinator because there was one time when he's literally fighting the running back for the ball. I mean, the running back is keeping the ball, trying to tug it from him, you know, and and Franks is is pulling it back. So I I just, you know, my two things, and it kind of goes with what Logan says, I, I take away are, first of all, I'm sorry. Uh, when it got down to where we were actually driving, but it was going to be a field goal, I had zero faith that, that if I could have somehow gone on to a gambling site and bet hogs make it or miss it, you know, I'll take miss, whatever the odds are. But I will say this. I mean, the other thing, and you can say it's a low bar, but I really don't think it is. And that is I continue to be amazed. You have six defensive players out. I'm still going back to those. They are playing hard. They are not quitting. This is a lot of the same guys that we just saw give up in years past. And I, again, I don't know what the I don't know what the coaches are doing, but I will say that is one thing that I take away is is just the fact that you know you have to take your hands off to them. I mean, these guys play hard the whole game, and as a result, you know, unless if you're playing Florida. You know, you you never really feel like you're out of a lot of these games, and that is one thing that I'm I'm really pleased with this year. Okay, all good comments. Um, I think we kind of did a pretty complete job on that game. Uh, one that could have been there for the taking, but really, if you thought preseason LSU was a game we were going to lose by three and and feel like we let slip away, I think we would have all taken that. Uh, now to Columbia, Missouri, which originally was scheduled this week to be the Alabama week uh, through some COVID rescheduling and, and back and forth. Now we're playing Missouri this week, Alabama to close out the SEC. So headed to Columbia for the battle line rivalry, um, a game that frankly Arkansas has not played well in over the years. I think I think we may have beaten them once, maybe twice since we've since they've joined the SEC, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. Um, so anyway, a chance to go up there and and maybe win. I just 
personally, last time I was in Columbia, Missouri, was the Bielema three straight horrible collapses year. The uh, Virginia Tech bowl game. The, we were up twenty four to seven in Columbia at the end of the first half. I'm getting the funnel cake with Patrick Williams Jr. Just thinking we're we're all <laughs> set. There's about two hundred Mizzou fans in the whole stadium. We're just having a big old time. End up somehow losing that game 28-24 in the last second. So, uh, great memories from Columbia. Um, what do we need to do? Back to you, FNG. What do we need to do to beat these guys? Because they are they seem like they're a little bit on the uptick. Yeah, I have to tell you, if you'd asked me about this game, you know, five weeks ago, I think I would have had a completely different uh, uh, viewpoint now. But – Maybe or maybe not. I won't give any previews away for my pick coming up. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I want to see our offense do something they haven't done all year because that is one thing. Missouri seems to be starting to hit an offensive stride, and I think we're going to have to score points, and I think we're going to have to do something we haven't done all year, which is we're going to have to not have that quarter and a half where we do absolutely nothing for some reason. I mean, I think we're going to have to produce points. I think we're going to have to score. I think we're capable of scoring on them, but unfortunately, I haven't seen it for four quarters this year. Jimmy G, your thoughts on the FNG's comment or just generally the game? Yeah, just uh, I honestly haven't seen much of Missouri this year. Uh, I know they have been playing better lately. I don't, I don't know if that's due to. Uh, their market improvement of their team or to their schedule. Their last two games were against South Carolina and Vanderbilt. So uh, that'll make a lot of teams well. Um, but they're pretty balanced. I know they run and pass it pretty quickly. I know Roundtree's a good running back. Uh, the quarterback, uh, Connor something, uh, escapes my name right now, but uh, – or his name, last name escapes me. But um, they uh, have – done a good job on defense as well they've limited i think since their first couple of games only florida has scored more than 20 points on them so uh it's going to be a a lot different game than we probably expected and i totally agree with fng about a month and a month month and a half ago you would have thought ah this is a you know great chance to uh, get a pretty good solid two two touchdown win but now it's uh looks a lot different uh, you know, we should be obviously have better um, depth this game. More guys will be back. Uh, I I look forward to be a close game. I don't think that either team has the ability to route the other. Uh, I just I just worry about Arkansas's um, mindset after a week off. Hopefully that helped, but you never know. <laughs> those things, how the team reacts, and you have Thanksgiving, um, all the COVID issues. So we're ready to roll. And as Missouri, I think they t- they're a team that will be patient because um, they're not they don't have a lot of weapons. Whereas you know, like LSU, they could get impatient because they've got all these you know these talented five star guys, skill players. So maybe they you know you go like, hey, let's use them. Um, but Missouri, they're they're going to be patient. They're going to stick to their game plan, and Arkansas is going to have to be. Uh, you know, ready to go and focused and 
I'm not trying to spit all these cliches out, but uh, something, <laughs> something's just, uh, you know, we're going to have to bring our A game. Big man on big uh, man. We, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to have to play a really good game and be mistake-free. And uh, it's not going to take a Herculean effort, but it is going to take a really solid game plan and um, execution. And, I mean, I don't know how many more. This sounds awful. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> it's just going to. <laughs> it's Arkansas. Jeez, this got his book of coaching cliches out there. Yeah, I just well, it's Arkansas, and Missouri. I don't really have much to say. I mean, let's go win, beat beat their asses for once. I mean, it's Missouri. We should beat these guys. Logan, uh, follow that if you can. <laughs> Throw in rock uh... fight. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think the last the last comment Jimmy G made is the one that I wanted to really touch on. And this feels – and it's the beginning of what Patrick Williams start, said at the start. You know, Missouri has absolutely owned us since they joined the SEC. And and that's, frankly, unacceptable in, in every way. And it feels – this feels a little like – the uh, when SMU came to town when Houston in the Houston Nuts first year, and we were finally able to beat them, and uh, it was just like this huge weight had been lifted off our chest because we beat SMU. And Missouri is, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a disservice, frankly, to Missouri because their program has been significantly better for since they've joined the sec and really for the 10 years before that since pinkle got there he really stabilized that program and they became a you know above average team but nonetheless we should beat missouri three out of four years and and this is a opportunity here with two new coaches to start a, a trend back to normalcy and by normalcy, I mean we normally win this game. I don't expect – I honestly don't think that we probably are as talented as Missouri. Um, I think that they are on the uptick, and they've got a lot of momentum, partially because, as Jimmy G said, the schedule makers, uh, somehow they got Vanderbilt. Um, well, they, they're in the East, but um, they get Vanderbilt – we get LSU on who is also on an uptick. Two teams that if we would have played two week at you know week three, we probably beat them both pretty handily. Uh, but now we got to confront them. And the good news about our team is, even though we our wins aren't going up in a market markedly, our our play our level of play is. Uh, but to latch on to what Friday night guy said, our offense has got to come alive. The Browse era right now is not starting off to not starting off strong, and it's got to get better. We've got to get we got to get more consistent. We've got to get more consistent in the run game. We don't have Raheem Boyd now, who's now opted out for whatever reason uh, for the rest of the year, and that's going to be a huge part of this. If our, if our offense performs, I think our defense will give us just enough to win, but. If we're going to go to the, you know, Frank's left, student body left, that's not going to work. We've got to come up with other options and less trickery and just figure out a way to win the game. 
Um, and, and so that's it's it's I'm I'm anxious to see it. Should be an interesting game, and it could be a game that you know we look at in the rearview mirror and think that was a big moment for Sam Pittman's career. Yeah, you you make a lot of good points there, Tom. Everybody made really good points. Um, the the Boyd thing not was kind of. <laughs> The Boyd thing was kind of next on my list to hit. Kind of an odd time to opt out. I think that's basically this year's code for we're not going anywhere. I'm not having a great season. I don't want to get hurt. So I'm just going to kind of hang it up for the year. But regardless, we don't have him. But he hadn't really been a a linchpin this year. I mean, he hadn't been a factor. So, you know, Traylon Smith and, gosh, I don't even know, T.J. Hammonds, I guess, coming off the bench to spell Smith. So, run game is going to be a tough, tough ask this week. But that hasn't been our offense. If you guys remember, I mean, it's been Franks in the past game, Davion Warren and and Burks just unloading these huge pass plays kind of in a streaky fashion all year. That's where we've – we've made all our, our runs. So that's probably something that's going to be open against Missouri or at least available. Now on the defensive side, I think Catalan's probably going to hurt us not being in there for the first half. So it's kind of one of those weather the storm, 10, nothing, 13, nothing, you know, 20 to 10 kind of score favoring Missouri. And then, have our patented third quarter that we've kind of got down and, and see where we are. Uh, that's a little bit of a look ahead to the prediction. So kind of the, the way I see the game setting up. So unless anyone has any final thoughts on Missouri, you obviously get another chance when we pick the game to, to discuss it. So we'll go ahead and move on into the picks segment. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Jimmy G's internet appears to be somewhat frozen. Compromised. (laughs) Oh, there he is. There he is. Jimmy G, you ready for picks? Here. Um, Let's see. Going back two weeks, uh, we didn't have picks during Thanksgiving week. Uh, It's kind of a mixed bag. Um, uh, everybody went two and three, uh, except for me. I went three and two because I uh, sadly got the LSU game right. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, and Tom or Johnny, he uh, blew his. Uh, he was the only one that had USC over Utah, which in retrospect was fairly obvious. But uh, he blew his double up to catch up by losing another double up to catch up because he had Oklahoma State winning. So uh, <laughs> that <laughs> neutralized that. Uh, everyone missed Wisconsin over Northwestern and then uh, Ohio State over Indiana. Everybody got. So, total standings, uh, I am 22 and 14, while uh, Patrick has me a half game, 22 and 13, due to a canceled sleeper game. And uh, I never have adjusted the record for his uh, makeup. So he that actually worked to his benefit, um, but uh, Tom is sixteen and 
14, while Johnny's 16 and 15. Uh, just uh, COVID-related craziness with the records. Uh, so <laughs> Not in last. <laughs> hey, yeah. everybody has uh, picked the required minimum number of games to participate. So Right, no high the situation. Here. Yep. Uh, uh, well, now, FNG, if I go back in the records for his uh, appearance earlier in the season, um, oh. is a robust uh, – <laughs> Oh man, that was so long ago. I've got his picks down, but I haven't. Uh, let's see. He had North Carolina beating somebody, which probably happened. Um, BYU beating Boise. Uh, yes. Um, this is riveting podcast. Really. All my segments have been big hits tonight. Big hits. I'm let's just go to the pit. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Arizona State beating somebody. Um, which probably that's probably wrong. That was wrong. Uh, Georgia beating Georgia beating Florida. That was wrong. wrong. Uh, Clemson over Notre Dame, which was wrong. Uh, Arkansas over Tennessee. Congratulations, FNG. That's two wins. And then uh, West Virginia over I don't even know who in a sleeper pick, which that probably worked out for him. All right, so FNG, we're gonna give you three and three, even though West Virginia may have lost. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to start off with Alabama LSU. Uh, this is a Wally Hall pad the stats pick because it's an SEC game. Um, but it is odd. This is usually the game of the year in college football. And now it's, uh, it's a 29 and a half point spread that I'm sure Patrick Williams and I will be loading up on at minus 175 odds at the Oakland Sportsbook. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, or, uh, so. Uh, FNG will leave you the honors as a guest host. Alabama at LSU. It's Baton Rouge, always tough to win in Death Valley, FNG. Yeah. Uh, Bama. Do we really, <laughs> do I really need to do a lot of analyzing on this game? I'll just go. Bama. I don't care who's coaching. Bama. <laughs> Short and sweet. A score? A score so I can know if we're going to cover the spread. 42 13. You need the hook. Okay. <laughs> well played. Uh, Tom Logan. I, I see uh, I see. this is a defensive struggle. Um, and had the crowd <laughs> been in. <laughs> I see it as a struggle. <laughs> had the crowd been in Death Valley, but COVID really, really is a huge benefit for Bama here. Uh, but I'm going to take Bama in a squeaker 38 to 3. Um, yeah, I like Alabama too. Uh, that from watching way too much of that AM LSU game last Saturday, man, LSU is just painful to watch try to play offense, um, which doesn't bode well with an Alabama team that you know is going to be scoring a lot of points. So, uh, Alabama, big, uh, especially you know, a little revenge after getting beat last year. Uh, so I'll say Alabama 52, LSU 9. Patrick, yeah, uh, no, not not today. <laughs> um, LSU has made strides. Don't get me wrong; they they do look better, but Alabama is too good. It, it will be a struggle, but it will be a struggle for LSU in this game. Um, Alabama forty-two, LSU seven. All right. Uh, I was moving to Big 12 country, uh, FNG, and I was favorite uh, 
team to uh, root against. Well, one of our favorite teams to root against, Oklahoma State, the Cowpokes, um, after their uh, thrilling 50-44 to win over Texas Tech. Uh, goes to Fort Worth to play what should probably be a little bit different style game against the TCU team that hangs its hat on defense. Um, Oklahoma State is short two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in Fort Worth against the uh, fighting Gary Pattersons. Uh, Patrick, we'll go right back to you. Going with Oak State, just this doesn't feel like the kind of TCU team that maybe gets this done. Haven't heard much about them this year. Every time I kind of pay attention to their scores, they're losing. So I, I'm going to guess they kind of have an Arkansas-esque kind of record, a three and five, four and four and six kind of record, four and five maybe. I have no idea what the record is. But um, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to pick Oklahoma State and uh, – Barely covers the spread, though. I think it's going to be a good kind of nip and tuck game. A 24-20 Oak State. And uh, the it's that's a minus 110 on the spread uh, in all other reputable books. But at Oakland, I'm sure that's going to be a minus 130, minus 135. <laughs> so uh, just something to keep an eye on for those that may be following the uh, Ukrainian lines that uh, Oakland uses. Uh, Tom Logan, Oklahoma State, TCU. Yeah. I'm gonna stick. With, I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State. I, I think they're they're a little better. Um, Oklahoma State really got routed at Norman, uh, but it was generally close uh, until about the middle of the third quarter. Um, Could have gone either way. Really, the whole game. But, but Oklahoma was able to pull away a little with some late garbage touchdowns. And so the score, uh, the score doesn't really look like, uh, like the, the game indicated, which was nip and tuck throughout. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think a lot of Oklahoma State Cowboys, of course, got a great program over there. I mean, they just, they just win and win and win. Um, <laughs> So I'm 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 gonna go with Oklahoma State here, uh, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Oh, God. Are you sure you're talking about Oklahoma State? I'm, I'm I'm looking through the record books here, and I haven't noticed Oklahoma State winning and winning and winning. I mean, yeah, a lot of Sun Bowls. They got that going for them or something. So, uh, well, um. I what the OU Oklahoma State game that I saw was a little different than the one Tom saw. He may have been watching one from about 15 years ago when Les Miles was at Oklahoma State. Um, but uh, I, I Oklahoma State, some I, I'm gonna go with Patrick Williams' old line about somebody knows something because I would think Oklahoma State would be much heavier than a two and a half point favorite against TCU, uh, because. The Horn Frogs are certainly not as bad as they were last year. They're a little bit improved, but they're not the TCU team we saw, you know, in the, in the mid or, or like 2010 to 2015 range. So, um, I'm, you know, it's purely objective. Uh, I'm going to go with TCU here because uh, I think the odds makers know something. So, uh, I'm going to say TCU gets it done over a 
just a powerhouse Oklahoma State team. I mean, that Tom did nail that one. Um, so TCU tight, maybe some turnovers, uh, 23 to 20, Horn Frogs. FNG, can you piggyback on that? Absolutely. Uh, darn, I thought I was going to get a chance to double up to catch up. No, uh, to me, much like Kansas State is my beloved Oklahoma Sooners bane of their existence, TCU is the bane of Oklahoma State's existence. The only thing that would make this mm. game better was if Oklahoma State was sitting there with one loss and this was in the conference, and this would put them down to two so that that would make it even sweeter. But, no, I, just, I, I don't know what it is, but TCU just – uh, they just seem to find a way to do it against Oklahoma State, and I think they're going to do it again this year. I think they're a little bit better than their record indicates. Uh, so I, I do. I think TCU uh, twenty four to seventeen. Can I can I point of order here, Jimmy G? That uh, did FNG just say he wanted to cast a uh, double up to catch up like it was a spell? <laughs> Expelliarmus. Oh, I was hoping that I would have a chance to have one. <laughs> you said I'd have a chance to cast a, a double it's up. Sorcery and witchcraft. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Too much heart stone with the kids. <laughs> okay. Uh, good stuff. And, you know, FNG, Tom Logan will tell you, not too many teams uh, win against Oklahoma State. So, for TCU to have a – Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, Oklahoma State, I think they've beaten Oklahoma twice in the last five decades or something. So, I mean, it's really That's remarkable true. that Oklahoma's pulled out so many wins over there. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, let's get off of Tom's uh, malfeasance and his, uh, I don't know, just utter incompetence when it comes to analyzing Oklahoma State. But let's get something in Patrick Williams' realm. We've got uh, Big Ten football. Iowa <laughs> going to Illinois. The resurgent Illini. Two straight wins. Uh, I believe Juice Williams, at quarterback, has sparked the Illini resurgence. Uh, Levy Smith uh, is back. The oh Rose, Bowl talk, Rose Bowl talk is on the table in Champagne. Oh, no. Um, it's, uh, just, oh, the Ron Zook era is right around the corner. I mean, the glory days <laughs> of the Ron Zook era. Uh, we all remember when they went to the Rose Bowl and played USC. That was uh, something else to see. Then um, the Hawkeyes. Poor old Iowa, um, big favorites over Nebraska. They did get it done uh, over Born Reds, beloved Cornhuskers, 26 to 20. Uh, but, hey, a win's a win. Patrick will tell you that. So, uh, we'll, we'll close out with Patrick here. But I'll, I'll start off first. I, I really love the direction that Illinois is going after their rough start. Um, they're playing well. <laughs> the 13-point underdog, you don't roll into Champagne. Uh, especially coming off a big uh, rivalry win like Iowa did. They're, they're not going to be on top of it. They're going to be overlooking the Illini a little bit, maybe looking ahead to a potential Ohio State game. If Ohio State doesn't have enough wins or not games played, and they may match Iowa and Ohio State up on championship weekend. But uh, I can't totally pull the trigger on the Illini, uh, but I don't think that Iowa covers the spread here. I think uh, Iowa does – or Illinois – doesn't have to cover the spread. Iowa does just enough to win. Everybody goes home happy. Uh, Iowa, ooh, 20, Swami style, Iowa 22, uh, Illinois 19. FNG? 
Uh, I'm pretty much on track with you. I I can't give Patrick Williams too much grief about his team, but I, I see sort of just the opposite. Iowa has a ton of offensive weapons, but for some reason at the start of the year, they were throwing the ball all over the place like they were the OU Sooners. And I think after that second game, Coach Ferens grabbed his offensive coordinator and said, let me explain how we do things here at Iowa. And uh, and they've gotten back to more traditional Iowa football. Uh, well, FBG, so, let's not get too far into how Iowa does things. I got to tell you, I, I, I'll take Iowa. I, I, I have uh, – I like Iowa when it comes to the betting – parlance this many times so but i do i think i think iowa has has got it going has got it rolling pretty good i think they're going to roll in and and take this one uh field goals couple touchdowns 23 13 iowa uh uh tom is our resident illinois expert uh what do you have for this game well it's the land of lincoln jimmy g and um that is one thing you cannot take away from them. Um, that's where Abraham Lincoln, of course, uh, started his political career. Um, and that's what they're known for. That and Kendall Gill and uh, Marcus Liberty and uh, that oh, that awesome uh, the uh, late 80s. Marcus uh, Liberty. Wow. <laughs> awesome, awesome late 80s hoops team, which we Don't all Don't forget love. the Ludo. Ludo. Lost to Ramil Robinson in Michigan uh, to make it to, the, to to make it in the Final Four there after they beat him five or six times during the year. I mean, who can forget those days? But uh, now we're in now we're in current day, and nothing says uh, modern football like Iowa. Uh, and I see Iowa here um, rolling the Illini. I respect uh, the resurgence of the Illini program. Uh, but uh, the Hawkeyes are going to do it, and they're going to do it in the normal Hawkeye fashion, which is they're going to bolt out to a 17-point lead, then they're going to sit on it and almost lose it at the end, but come back and kick a field goal to win. 23-20, Iowa. All right. All right, Patrick, here we go. Uh, Well, get the drama out of the way early. The, The pick is Iowa. Um, mm. There are certain rules I live by, which is why I like Big Ten football. It's predictable. It's stayed. It's stable. <laughs> and when I'm in a position to make money on Big Ten football, there's just certain rules I follow. One of those are if there's over a 10-point spread in a Big Ten game, ain't nobody covering over a 10-point spread. Why? Because they're just <laughs> not going to score enough points to do it. The other rule is over-unders, always a nice play. Uh, in the Big Ten, usually what's the number, FNG, 42, 43, anything over that, you're always taking the under. Um, (laughs) So, anyway, at 13 and a half, there's no way I was covering a 13 and a half point spread. I do think they'll come in, they'll run the ball, they'll do what they do, they'll be comfortable. And in Iowa land, comfortable is kind of sitting on a 10-point lead most of the game maybe the Illini score a touchdown to kind of get in that but then the next time Iowa comes right back down and scores a touchdown to even it back up so I'd say everyone scores kind of feel about right 26-21 uh, 
is my prediction for an Iowa win here. Uh, I, I would say the exception to the Big Ten uh, gambling, uh, <clears throat> I don't, whatever, uh, gambling manual or whatever would be Ohio State. Yes. Ohio State's the exception to yes. the over-under and the spread stuff. But um, so, all right, let's go back to SEC ter- uh, country. Um, fresh off a, <clears throat> well, just a, a tough loss in the Iron Bowl. Um, Auburn's at home against the A&M team that was rolling, but has a couple weeks off to COVID and came back. And the defense looked fine against LSU, but that offense certainly with Mond and they were not clicking on all cylinders um, last Saturday. So it'll be a chance to see if they've uh, righted the ship a bit and get get back into rhythm as they go to Auburn. And um, as we all know, Auburn's always somehow seems like they're good for a couple of big wins every year. And um, anytime you can. Uh, <clears throat> watch three and a half hours of the Bo Nix experience. It's a roller coaster <laughs> ride. So, um, should be interesting on the planes Saturday morning, afternoon. I think this is an 11 a.m. game, too, uh, along with the Arkansas Missouri game. So, uh, let's see. FNG, what do you think? Auburn AM. Man, could this game somehow just not get played? Uh, gosh. Knicks, Mond. Be at your sports book so you can figure out who's playing well the first quarter and bet the second half. Uh, I agree with what you've said, though, Jimmy G. I I have no love loss for either of these two teams. I think uh, – but I do think that this just seems to be setting up for one of those we can't stand Gus, we can't stand Gus, and then Gus does something to save himself for another year. And I think that, the, you know, I think Mon's been playing really well the last few games. I do think that Auburn's defense is still pretty solid despite what we see. I mean, Alabama's offense is just crazy good. I hope that Bo Nix will be the good Bo Nix uh, for this weekend. Uh, and so I do. I just – I think this is just one of those things. It's kind of like back when we had Houston and there would always just sort of be this game. And I think this is kind of that game for – Auburn and for Gus, and I've got nothing to go on other than that. And so I think Auburn's gonna, I think Auburn's gonna pull it out, thirty-one to twenty-one. All right, Patrick, I'm going A and M here. Um, I think they're gonna ride the ship after last week. Auburn fading, I think. I think A and M's got just a little more juice left in the tank. Um, they're still kind of flirting with the, the playoff here. You know, they're, what, fifth in the rankings. They're kind of hanging around. So, they got a lot to play for. I mean, Auburn, they kind of are what they are. They're going to be what they're going to be, Outback Bowl, Capital One kind of – they're they're not really playing for much here. Maybe they're the difference between the Music City and one of the Florida Bowls. So, I like A&M. I think their Mon's going to get it uh, rolling again. Wow, Hogs bombing away. Um, and A and M, uh, I don't know, forty-five Auburn, thirty-five. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna take Auburn too. Agree with a lot of what F and G said. I, I do think A and M is finally getting the program. Uh, Jimbo's getting A and M going in the right direction. Uh, it. All credit to him because I didn't think that was ever gonna work. Um, but 
I just I feel like Auburn, you know, they didn't obviously empty the emotional tank in the Alabama game, which sometimes a concern in the Iron Bowl. That game was pretty much over by halftime. So uh, I like them to come home, um, play really well. I do think A&M's offense will be a little bit sharper, but I think we are going to get good Bo Nix. I think we're getting an Auburn team that's uh, ready to play, fired up, kind of a little bit embarrassed about what happened in Alabama. So Auburn tight. Uh, 30 to 27, Auburn. Tom Logan. Uh, I'm going to go with AM. Um, you know, I think, I think it is going to be a good game. I think Auburn will come to play. Um, and my real concern is when, when are we going to get kind of like the Kellen, the Kellen Mond bad experience? He's had some really good games this year and has played a consistent game as a fifth year senior, I think, or fourth year, or eighth year. I'm not sure. But um, you mean he's he, been a senior for five years, or he's a fifth-year senior? <laughs> I, I, think, I think five years of a senior. Five years <laughs> senior. Good news yeah. is with COVID, he can come back for another year. So, uh, uh, I, I, no doubt in my mind that he'll be back again and and torch the Hogs. But um, you know, Auburn's defense is solid, um, and you never know what you're going to get with Knicks. But I don't know. I, I just there's a I. I I agree that AM has a lot more to play for. They are flirting with playoffs, although if they get in, it will be a travesty. Uh, and I don't think they will. But um, um, I, I just think they've got a little too much. I'm going to go with uh, AM 31 to 28. All right. Uh, now we get Missouri, Arkansas, Battleline, Rock. Rivalry, um, that wonderful trophy. Is it State Farm that sponsors that thing? Um, so uh, it's it'll be all be on the line in Columbia. So uh, I'll go first. I like uh, well, I don't really like it, but I'm going to pick him because I just don't like Missouri, um, Arkansas. Uh, a couple weeks off, got rested. Uh, you've heard my analysis. Our everybody has the when we did the. Uh, game preview. I don't really need to rehash all that. So good the first time I couldn't top it. Um, Arkansas, twenty-seven. Missouri, uh, twenty-four. Just a reverse of the LSU game. Same score, but Arkansas comes out on top. Uh, Tom Logan, going to Hogs too. Um, kind of alluded to this. I think it's going to be a big moment for Pittman. I think. Uh, I think we really kind of get it going against Missouri and assert some dominance in a rivalry that we need to assert some dominance in. Um, I don't have a whole lot of reason to say that, but um, I just got a I just got a that old Sunday morning feeling uh, that uh, that it's going to happen, and um, I also think it's going to be relatively high scoring. I think we're going to get a lot of points. And we're going to give up some points, but we're going to win at the end, forty to thirty-eight, Razorbacks. All right, um, Patrick Williams. Not feeling it. Um, I kind of alluded to this, kind of gave it away a little bit early, but Missouri's on the uptick. I think we've hit the high water mark of the year. Um, not saying we're not going to make it a game. I think we absolutely will. I think we'll play hard. 
the Barry Odom factor. No one's really brought that up yet. That his homecoming to Missouri. Oh no. <laughs> um, I think I think there'll be some juice there on those defensive guys. Missing Catalan's huge in the first half. Um, I I feel like what we're going to dig ourselves a hole we can't climb out of in the second half. We just don't have the offensive firepower to do. So I'm going to pick Missouri. I hope I'm wrong. I'd be really, really happy if I was wrong. I just don't think I am. I think Missouri's going to win 31 Razorbacks again. Uh, statutorily required to score between 24 and 35 points. So they're going to score 27. Backdoor cover. Okay. All right. Excellent. Um, and actually, it wouldn't be because the line's three. So yeah. it's still Missouri would cover still. So Oakland spread. Oh, yeah. The line at Oakland will be five. Yeah. We, <laughs> zero. Um, uh, well, uh, since Johnny wasn't here and I didn't have to incur his wrath, uh, I pulled some strings, a little hometown. Uh, especially with uh, Coach Drinkwitz at Mizzou being a former Springdale High assistant. Um, so uh, we got our old friends at the AQ Chicken House. Oh sponsor uh, FNG's Get Pick. Um, get you a little uh, chicken over the coals mm. or some fried chicken. Uh, the nice uh, beer batter. The, the, get the batter fries. Um, oh, I love those batter fries. Batter fries were good, yeah. Yeah. Mama Hart's AQ rolls. Batter fries. Oh, man. Put a little butter and honey on them. Oh, oh man. They just oh, melt oh. in your mouth. Uh, tremendous. And don't forget to sign the guest book um, that's been signed by luminaries and uh, presidents and governors and uh, Hall of, NFL Hall of Famers. Uh, it's just a mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas uh, legends like Ken Hatfield. So, uh, AQ Chicken House coming strong tonight. Um, so, uh, there you go, FNG. Uh, what do you got? Arkansas, Missouri. Man, first, the AQ Chicken House. Let me tell you. Hidden Gym when F&G was in law school. AQ Chicken House, all you can eat ribs on Saturday night. Ooh. Went there the first time. Went there the first time. Went there the first time. It's went there the first time at 7:30 and started working my way through. And at some point about an hour later, they told me they were out of ribs. And I said, What time do y'all start this? And she says, oh, you, you know, if you get here around 5.30 or 6, you know, I said, no, man, what time do you start? She said, 4.30. Buddy, I was there at 4.30 every Saturday for the next two years of law school, pounding those people. About $9 all-you-can-eat ribs. Anyway, back to the game. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> love it. Okay. Yeah, there is an X Factor out there. There is an X factor out there, you know, uh, 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 Patrick Williams, you know, sort of started to allude to it that no one else had. And of course, I think we all know what that is. It was brought up earlier about Rakeem Boyd being out. And that X factor is it's time. TJ Hammonds, you got it. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. He gave us a little sneak preview, gave us a little sneak preview earlier, but it is time. It is (laughs) TJ Time. TJ gets extra carries now, and that is what leads the Hogs to victory. Uh, I'm taking the Hogs. <laughs> to 
24. That's our X factor. It's not our defensive coach. It's TJ. Go Hogs. Big. I can't wait for the quadruple reverse fumble rooski to TJ Hammonds that's coming. <laughs> I think the uh, marrow. I think the marrow from the bones of those ribs is seeped into FNC's <laughs> brain. And, like, is, I mean, wow. Uh, I can't believe anybody would just go to AQ to load up on ribs, though. I mean, I'm sure they were what, chicken, chicken ribs. Chicken ribs. No, sir. They were beef baby back real deals, man. Baby back ribs and rolls. Bring it on. That's why F&G has the uh, shape of a gourd that he has. (laughs) Oh, man. That's fantastic. All right. So, uh, Patrick Williams does kind of back into a double up to catch up situation there with a three point favorite. So, um, Beware the home favorites. So, uh, Patrick Williams, that's the pick segment. All right. Uh, Tom, we don't have any mailbag, uh, mainly because somehow I locked myself out of the RazorPod email account. So, uh, we'll double up to catch up the uh, mailbag <laughs> <course>. next week. <laughs> um, so, sorry if you've uh, mailed over the last two weeks. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. And our final regular season show so uh with that we're on to the rants and uh anybody got one they want to jump out there with i have a oh rant. yeah good well, first you go all, first first all right, of all i got a rant i'm, 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 I'm watching marty smith for bedroom right now at the halftime of the sec <laughs> net arkansas <laughs> man, i noticed that that's my yeah, rant that's... is why i'm watching marty smith from his bedroom <laughs> Three things I never. Hey, look here. It's great, Catherine. And uh, so uh, the Marty party. I never wanted to be see the Marty party uh, in his bedroom. So that's my rant. <laughs> All right, Tom, go ahead. Give your rant. All right, here's my rant. It is time to change the rule on targeting in college football. There is no excuse for. Number one, ejecting Jalen Catalan or anybody in that scenario from a game, much less now taking him out of the following game and completely changing the the uh, strategy of a defensive team. The time I understand targeting, I support the penalty, but the NFL has a 15-yard penalty for targeting. There's no review required. We call it and move on. If you really want to think about enforcing a double targeting penalty that would kick somebody out, then you can say that's, you know, let's, let's give them, let's give them one chance and then move on with the, move on with the game. This throwing people out of the game and, and going to the review to determine whether or not you're going to uphold the penalty. It slows down the game. It's not necessary. You, the, the NFL guys do not think, oh, I'm going to give up 15 yards and just drill somebody. Nobody does that. Nobody, nobody does that ever. And so the, it, it's unnecessary to kick somebody out of a game. I've had enough of it. It changes the game. It changes defenses. We, we need to go to a more modern version of that. And I am fully supportive of – 
them changing that rule. They should change the rule. I've had enough of the rule. Let's move. And it hurts the the teams with less depth. The teams like Alabama lose a guy. They don't care. Team like Arkansas loses a guy that's the starter. It's a big deal. And if you have a if you want to throw the flag, fine, fifteen yards. If you really think you need to eject somebody, fine. But give them a free chance. Let them play out the game. That's my rant. Good rant. Well, and, hold you know, on. I, I, go ahead. Hold on. I don't totally disagree, but I think that the NFL they do eject players for targeting. Do they? I think they eject them. I think the NFL they eject them for targeting. I didn't think they did. I thought they just threw a penalty for 15 yard, but maybe maybe you're right. I don't watch a lot of NFL. I think the big thing is they changed it in college because I know after Catalan, I read somewhere, you know, and they said, here is what the rule is. And if you look at the letter of the rule, because it doesn't have intent isn't in there and it doesn't have that launch thing. It's just kind of like if you make contact because he clearly wasn't launching. He kind of turned sideways, you know. But I'm with you, Tom. I see that, or I see the ones where the defensive guy is going low. He's not trying to hit the guy in the head. He's going low, but then the offensive player ducks his head. Well, you know, he wasn't the one that initiated that. So, yeah, I hear you. Uh, I mean, I'll just add that it's the review part of it that bothers me. We're going to go to the video to make sure we get it right. How many times this year have we seen, and this kind of plays into a little bit of what I was going to rant about is in our game, okay, sometimes you get the announcer, the color guy, oh, no, it's going to be this way. There's no way they can do that. Okay, that's one thing, right? They're kind of watching it just like we are at home. They can have an opinion. I think on catalogs, they actually got the guy in the studio, the former ref, Blandino or I don't know if he's the right one or Mark Pereira and he said no no way that's targeting I mean and I've heard so many targeting calls this year where they're even getting like the the official that the studio is hired to give an opinion and then it comes back from the review and it goes the other way and those poor guys and the those refs are just going well I didn't see that you know her, her, I guess they saw it a little different than I did and they're forced to kind of shilly shally around or they just cut away and don't ever give them a chance to react to what the what happened on the review that's the part of it i don't like i mean call it don't call it but the review and then get still get it wrong really bothers me all right what other rants i got got? uh well i've got one since i'm too old to be on the supreme court so my rant this week is Sarah Fuller, and, I, and I'm just going to tell you, if I hear one more person talk about what a role model she is, what an example she is, all of these other females that are going to be looking up to her, I, it, you know, every female had to make that comment, and 90% of male broadcasters had to make that comment, and I don't know, I guess I run in a different crowd, because it's not just me. I've talked to about a dozen females I know that are softball players, tennis players, soccer players, and they're just shaking their head at, at the way this person who, I'm sorry, this publicity stunt, you have no kicker, so you go grab a female off the soccer team, 
She's never practiced. She hasn't done two a day. She shows up. She kicks a squib kick. And, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest moment in the history of women's sports. And I want to just <laughs> – I want to – well, no. Okay, I know I'm Friday night guy, but I want to just grab him and go, hey, you want to come down here to Central Arkansas? Let me show you this young lady that played for two years for two-time state champion North Little Rock High. All she did was do two-a-days, do summer drills, kick every one of their field goals, kick every one of their extra points for a two-time state champion. Come down and talk to me about her, not somebody that just shows up on a Wednesday or a Thursday and they say, hey, kick a squib kick for us to start the half, will you? Oh, my gosh, it's the most incredible moment in the history of women's sports. So it just, you know, seriously. And I'm and I won't and I won't even state anything about how the the athletes in the locker room must have felt for this. You've been on our team for 72 hours. Please give us a halftime pep talk about how we don't have enough energy, you know, and we're not playing hard after your 72 hours on our team. Was she wrong? Friday night guy out. My favorite part about the whole thing (laughs) is is they they, the hype and all this and oh she's going to be in she's going to do all this and Vanderbilt is so terrible against Missouri they don't even get in position to try field goal they have they lose the toss so the only time she sees the field no through no fault of her own is the second half kickoff which is like mandatory that that's the one time that they're going to get to kick the ball that's that's actually the funnier part about the whole thing is all the build up all the press and they're not even good enough to give her a shot to do anything other than one kickoff well, but she executed, I, that squib, but she executed it, sounds, it perfectly a little bitter. it sounds like someone's a little bitter that vanderbilt beat arkansas in the sec championship game soccer oh. that's the last time we saw us there Fuller on the field. I, I did get yeah. a Jeff Long tweet, uh, so I'm just making sure Jeff gets made whole on this. And I, I'm not sure this is true, but I, I I was watching a little of that game. I don't think that they had actually intended to have her kick off. There was somebody else that was going to kick off because she couldn't kick it far enough. She was going to be the place kicker. But since they didn't, they realized they probably were never going to score or get close enough to the end zone, they thrust her in there to kick a little squibber across the, uh, you know, I I think, I just, I guess whatever people want to be excited about, fine. If you want, and if you're at Vanderbilt football, you don't have a lot to be excited about, I guess. So if you want to be excited about the, the, uh, the goalie kicking, uh, a squib kick, that's wonderful. Um, but I'm with FNG. There are a lot of women out there who play some serious sports and to like prop she this up. Does as too. Some kind of Let's great... be honest. She does too. Well, I, I know, but no one talks about her for being she a, a, a serious. She plays a serious sport. I agree with you. But the only reason why people are propping her up is because she did something that probably 150 or 1,500 women on that campus could do. And I think it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's typical publicity stunt um, stuff that that's what, that's what our world is right now. And, and I don't want to, I, I really don't want to bash on uh, Sarah Fuller 
it's not her fault. And, you know, and maybe she is advancing the ball for women's athletics. And maybe, maybe in 10 years, there's going to be, you know, 50% women kicking field goals in the NFL. I, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll, I guess time will tell. Um, but, but, um, it just seems, it seemed, it did seem kind of propped up. And frankly, if I were like a superstar, uh, SEC women's athlete, it probably wouldn't sit well with me, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm neither a superstar women's athlete or male athlete and I couldn't even make the team as a propped up person so you know kudos to Sarah Fuller Patrick you have <laughs> unlocked the email we may get some responses this week yeah we might <laughs> you right. yeah. have to put the flame guard on um, I just want to mine is not really a rant but since I've got the, the two biggest OU people I know I do want to bring up the randomness of the tweets coming out of Norman about Bobby Stoops potentially coaching this week Um, and I get you know at first it was a rather cryptic one from Lincoln Riley that Bob Stoops still on staff could step in so thought Lincoln Riley was sick now I gather that's not the case that there's several coaches out for some reason, either with COVID or maybe they won't say, but that Stoops actually will be on the sideline this week. So OU people, can you enlighten me and give us, give us your thoughts about that? Speaking of a publicity stunt. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say, that's just what I was going is. Wow. This was a bad time for me to bring up the Sarah Fuller publicity stunt. If he's going to throw the Bob Stoops (laughs) up there. This will be the best. De- this will be the best defensive performance OU's had in three years. So what? What is he going to coach? Do we know? Thank God it's not Barbara Stoops on the sideline. <laughs> G might explode. What? What is he going to coach? Do you know Jimmy G? I don't know. I don't know what he's going to coach. I mean, first of all, he's been sitting in a press box all year or in a luxury suite watching his son play wide receiver. Um, I, you know, I don't. I mean, no, don't forget he, he had do? that. T- I don't. He had that time in the XFL. The he had that time in the XFL, Jimmy G. That's true. <laughs> he was in the X, you know XFL yeah, earlier. He right. got that. Still got that Speaking coaching fire going. Starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, if I was a coach that had been there through two days and uh, was under a full-time contract and been watching film and uh, had been really taking my job seriously, I'd be pissed off that Bob Stoops was going to roll down from the luxury suite and uh, sit on the sideline and mark out calls. I mean, my God. Outrageous. Better not, try, better not try and give a halftime talk to him, by golly. He elbows Lincoln Riley out of the way. There's a little stone cold stunner on him. It It must be a big game. That's all I can figure. They had to bring big game Bob back, Patrick. (laughs) Baylor Bears. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I think they're 27 point favorites against Baylor. Uh, You can get that at uh, minus 185 at the Oakland uh, Sports (laughs) Bank. Jimmy G, you got a a rant? 
Uh, no, the Marty Smith thing was enough for me. Uh, well, um, I think that's all I really have. No, no huge rants. Um, Jimmy G's, I will mention, and this is Jimmy G's rant, the, uh, doubling up of good games, uh, continues. It was very, very bad last week, which it should never have been because there were three days, uh, of games, but, you know, it, didn't turn out that either of them were really close, but the egg bowl up against the iron bowl mm. again, why, why do you need to do that? Um, that made zero sense. Iowa state against Texas at the same time as Iowa against Nebraska for your highly specific Iowa state of Iowa football fan. That was rough, but again, they, they continue to do, Good game against good game, and I don't understand it when there's uh, plenty of space in the in the football schedule for uh, for us to space those out. Do want to give a quick shout out, Jimmy G and I were I think the only two people in uh, south of Mason Dixon line still up for Oregon Oregon State, one of our favorite rivalries, the Civil War, uh, played in a total fog bowl. Uh, Oregon State ekes out a crazy win at the end, aided by some Pac-12 refing. That was just fantastic. Made Mark Curls look professional. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Anyway, I think that's it, unless anyone has uh, any, Patrick, I'll do a quick rant. Patrick, quick go rant. ahead. Uh, there, this is the last year that game will be known as the Civil War because evidently the term the Civil War is now offensive. So uh, they're looking for a new name for Oregon, Oregon State because they don't feel like it's appropriate to call it the Civil War. (laughs) No, I I saw that like the day after the game. I I know a guy down in Little Rock that they can call that'll help them name it, and he can probably come up with a cool trophy for it too. Maybe, I don't know, the state of Oregon or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) The beaver. What's that river together? Is it the yeah, Willamette? Is, is that the river that runs through Oregon? Willamette. The Willamette. Willamette. Uh, Willamette. So they can have the, like, the like, it could be like the whole, like Mud Island. It could be just the whole river, like a really guard, huge, like the miniature of the river. And they have to, like, it takes like the whole team standing in a line to hold it. Um, that'd be fantastic. Good stuff, guys. Well, appreciate everybody being here. FNG, appreciate the time uh, filling in for Johnny. Um, Hopefully, who's gotten just a ton of mileage out of first half for the Hog game against UT Arlington with Vladi Divox as their coach. So, uh, anyway, I'm missing Johnny, but I'm sure he'll be back next week. And we'll be back to you next week with a discussion of Missouri and a look ahead to Alabama. So thanks for joining us and good night. All right. Good night, guys.